Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker. I'm an author, producer, two-time Emmy Award winner, and host of That Girl the Podcast. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and stories to help you become that girl or that guy in your life. That Girl the Podcast is based on the romantic comedy That Girl a Novel, which is now available as a podcast to listen to. Listen to each chapter about finding yourself and adulting in L.A., Find That Girl and Novel everywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it on Amazon to buy the Kindle or paperback of. For more, find us at thatgirlthepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thatgirlthepodcast and our Patreon page. Welcome, Brett Ryback, to That Girl the Podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. I like to let people explain in brief who they are and what they do because I feel like you always do a better job than I ever could. So, Brett, <laughs> right? It's true, right? <laughs> it is true. Yeah, Brett, tell us uh, about totally you. <laughs> right. So, I uh, I'm an, an actor and a composer and writer, and I, I live in L.A. and I primarily um, write musical stories and um, work in uh, musical theater. And uh, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. That is being really humble. (laughs) (laughs) Brett is a very accomplished, award-winning composer. He's been on major shows like Modern Family and Mom. He is so much more than just just a writer, composer, actor. (laughs) This man is so talented. It is scary. So... Brett, you make me blush. Uh, Oh, get ready. Just get ready. (laughs) Um, I have so much to say about your new musical, Into Strange Woods, which is so, so cool. I cannot wait to get into that. But first, um, let's just talk about how you started all of this. What, What happened that you were like, I love musical theater. I want to go down this path. Um, How did that all begin? Yeah, I mean, I started as a young performer in theater. I grew up in Milwaukee, and um, I there was a really great children's theater there that I I uh, you know worked with as a child. They had a theater academy that I went to as a child, and then actually now as an adult, I've gone back and written shows for them, um, which is kind of a fun full circle thing for me. Um, but that was kind of where I got my start. The community, the theater community in in Milwaukee, is really vibrant and was when I was growing up, and so I had the opportunity to work at a lot of professional theaters. So I grew up amidst theater people and really feeling like, you know, uh, at an early age, I had a good sense that I wanted to be an actor, wanted to be a a creator and a storyteller. And when I was uh, around um, 10 years old, I had a very kind of chance, uh, but important um, encounter with a man who would eventually become my piano teacher. And, um, and so I, at the time I was, I was experimenting with teaching myself piano. Like I kind of knew how to read chords a little bit and I would write melodies and, and I, I had an affinity for music. Um, and he was the one who kind of helped shape me into a better pianist and then a, a songwriter as well, because he was sort of a, um, he kind of did that. He was a performer. He was a cabaret artist. He wrote songs, he performed. And so I was like, Oh, look, there's like a model of like somebody who can do all of these things. And, um, and then when it came time to decide what to do for, for school, um, I thought I was going to go be an actor. And that was kind of, I was like, you know, that's what I'll do. And he was, he was the one who actually encouraged me to study music and composition in particular. And that, 
was a really like important moment for me because it opened up an avenue of my life that I think, you know, might've always been there anyway, but it, it did it in a way that like equipped me to um, have these multiple paths of writing and composition and performance. And that has been uh, <laughs> kind of this weird mixed blessing in my life because I am, um, it's tough to, you know, as you even said at the beginning of this, it's tough to tell people who you are and what you do. Mm -hmm. And people who do a lot of different things and really do a lot of different things um, confuse other people. People want sort of, yeah, they just want you to like be a thing that fits into a mold that they understand, or at least Mm -hmm. early on, Mm -hmm. they kind of want to just sort of put you in a box that they're like, I know what to do with you. And when they don't, it can be very difficult and and uh, um, frustrating. Very frustrating for you as well. Um, I completely relate to that. It is very hard to just be a creative in general Mm -hmm. because I really think when people are creative, they're creative in so many different ways that you can't Mm -hmm. just be a singer, an actor. You know, you are multiple things. And then the more you dive into your creativity, usually the more talent you find and you're like, oh, I'm also good at this. And it's important, I think, you know, when I talk to uh, young artists, I always encourage them, like, find other disciplines that you mm-hmm. are attracted to, and you know, because it rounds out your ability to work, you know, mm-hmm. and to create. And, and, and so I guess, you know, the short answer to that question is really just that I've always been around um, uh, storytelling from a very young age and, and theatrical storytelling. So it just in a way became what I, it became in, uh, enmeshed into my identity, just kind of un, you know, unbeknownst to me. Right. And, uh, or, I, you know, just because it wasn't anything that I did, it was just who I was as a, as a child. And then it, that was who, who I was surrounded by. Um, and it was, it was kind of later figuring out, like really in my, after college and in my twenties that I started to really understand a little bit about that multidisciplinary aspect and like, take control of my abilities to focus on what kind of stories I wanted to tell and who I was as an artist. And, you know, it's, it's a ongoing journey, as you know. Of course. How, uh, what were some of those, those factors that came into play after college that made you kind of have more focus in, in figuring out what to do with your storytelling, et cetera? Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Cause you know, when I, so I went, I went to UCLA for music composition and, and it was a really, like I had an incredibly fortunate experience there because there was somebody in the music school who was, uh, who ran like a musical theater program out of the music school. And, and it was me and another student at the same time who were both musical composers, wanted to compose musical theater. And so he really, uh, you know, invested in us and nurtured us. And so we had a lot of opportunity to do stuff. But at the same time, I was getting a, a kind of a classically based um, education that I had never had. Because yeah. um, like I said, my piano teacher even, you know, he taught me classical pieces, but he was a, like a cabaret guy. And so my, and because I was playing musical theater and cabaret and pop, I just never had that, that basis. And so right. when I left school, I actually felt a little jumbled. I felt like a little confused about who I was as a, as a, as a composer. And, and right. that, um, stimmied me for a few years. Um, I was, uh, I, I started working on a project where I wasn't writing music and, and I thought, well, maybe I'm, this is kind of what I'm just going to be. I just, I didn't know. 
What were you and doing exactly if you weren't writing? Music? I was writing, I was writing book for this particular musical. Okay. And then, and then a, a professor of mine at UCLA asked me to write a libretto that he was going to set to music. And what is a libretto for people who don't know what that is? Also, right. I so that would be that all is. the words. So that would be like books and lyric. So like oh, okay, the book okay. and lyrics. Um, and so, and then he, cause he was a composer and he was going to, he wanted to compose music to this. And I thought, okay. And so I came up with this idea that was, um, you know, very personal to me. It was based on, on my grandparents and, and how they met. And, and um, so we kind of like started working on it together, but I'll never forget. It was like New Year's Eve in, uh, or New Year's Day in New York City. And we were like meeting up and he was like, listen, um, I don't want to write this. <laughs> I, I want to write an opera that isn't this. Um, but I think that you should write the music to this, you know, okay. good luck. And I was like, wait, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, this is so not what I expected. And, but, but I, like, I took a couple months to kind of like figure that out. And then I, I like dove in, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it was in the process of that, that I started to, I think two things happened. I started to just like really trust my voice. And around that same time, believe it or not, I went back and listened to recordings that I had made of music that I had written in high school. Oh, interesting. And I, and I, and I had, I remember very vividly, I had this experience where I was like listening to music going, wow, I wish I could write like that kid. Oh, wow. And because there was, there was so much, um, I was, I was, here. I, I, I wasn't following the rules. I was like yes. breaking the rules. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know the rules yet. Yeah. And like, now I knew the rules and I was like, Oh, now I, now I can like intentionally do what I did before I knew the rules. Yes. And, and those two things kind of happened simultaneously. And so I started like going down this path of, of, um, of writing this show. And, and in the course of that, I think I rediscovered something about my musical voice that um, was really important. So that was a very key moment when I, when I kind of figured out, okay, this is who I am musically as an artist. Um, and then there was another moment that happened uh, with another show a couple, a couple years later that I began to write, which is called Joe Schmo Saves the World. And I... Um, at the time, I was I was kind of frustrated that uh, that I that I felt like there was a lot of work from young composers being celebrated that was like very pop forward and very like angsty. What year was this, by the way, too? So this, can yeah, this would have idea. been 2010, 2011. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I uh, and so out of that frustration, I, I oh, and around the same time, uh, the Arab Spring was happening in um for Tunisia but this at the time was it was like Egypt and then Iran was about to sort of go through they they were going to have a um, day of rage and um and I remember I was like I like had this image pop in my brain of like this you know composer who's like a rock star who's like a washed up you know mediocre songwriter and he's like you know and in his 20s and he's like I don't know what to do with my life and like on his television you know across the world people his own age are out in the streets, like fighting for their freedom. Right. And those two things came together and was the genesis of this show it was called Joshmo Saves the World. And in the process of writing that, I also kind of had a little bit of a political awakening for myself. Mm-hmm. And I realized that 
there were stories that I wanted to tell that I was attracted to as a human being that, um, that like I could like me, Brett could never perform in because of like the box that I fit into as a performer, but was unlimited for me as a, as a writer that like, these are stories that I could share and had a point of view on and had something to say about, Mm -hmm. um, that, and that, that also sort of gave me a lot more landscape to begin working in as an artist. And, and so like those things kind of all helped shape my, just my voice as a storyteller. Um, and even now I like look back at those moments and I'm like making new discoveries. Like the other day I was telling my husband, I was like, you know, I never realized until now, but I'm always writing stories about outsiders kind of looking in and Mm -hmm. a lot of like my, the love that is in my stories is love of friends or love of, um, family, but like, it's not romantic love. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm telling queer stories. Like I didn't even realize that I was telling (laughs) queer stories, but like I was telling queer stories and it makes sense. Cause I'm a, you know, I'm, I grew up in the Midwest and Catholic and I'm a Mm -hmm. gay boy. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I was on the outside looking in and like, you know, had, had all those barriers. And so, yeah, it's just, it's constant discovery. (laughs) It is constant discovery. I think what's so really interesting about your writing in particular is that you do take these like two different worlds and put them together and they are so unique. Every single Mm. one of your shows is so insanely unique and Mm. original. Um, I think that it's, it's just, it's really fascinating. Let's talk about your new show, which is Into Strange Woods. And it is a podcast, which when I first, I don't remember when I first saw this, maybe it's on your Instagram or whatnot, but I was like, I'm sorry, what are you doing? This is so incredible. I want to know more. Um, and I just listened to the second episode and I'm just so, I'm so transported into this story. So what it is, this is how I'm going to describe it. And then you take it over and like, tell us what it is, what it is as a viewer, as a listener, I should say, it's a podcast, it's five episodes and it is narrated. So it feels kind of like, like a murder mystery audiobook, And it kind of also feels absolutely like a musical, but you have like your songs like spliced into different sections and it also feels like you're watching a Dateline episode. It is so <laughs> fascinating. I love it so much. There are actual like real sponsor um, commercials that come on. Right, and right. I'm like, is that part of the show? Like it took a minute <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah, it's like, not quite WandaVision in that way, but yeah. It was, <laughs> but it is so fascinating. So the premise, actually, why don't you describe what the premise is? Right. But I'm in love with this show. Sure, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it is a, a fictional documentary musical. Yes. And it tells the story of, um, of, a, of a 17-year-old girl in the North Woods of Wisconsin who, after the death of her brother, um, seeks out survivalist skills from this enigmatic recluse, um, old recluse who lives on the outskirts of town. And the story really involves her grief of her brother and her attempt to kind of um in a in a more literal way you know uh learn skills that would per- would allow her to survive the, the same fate that her brother that happened to her brother 
Um, okay. And yeah, and it's about, it's about grief. It's about coming of age. It's about um, community and families. And um, I'm so excited that you're only on the second episode because boy, do you have a journey ahead of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just, also just the music. I mean, the music is so good and I'm very excited to say um, the music will be out um, just to buy the album yeah. um, March 1st. I'm very excited about that. It is already available. I, there's one song that, that keeps repeating and I'm like, mm. please let that be a full song on the album because I really want to cover it so bad. Mm. <laughs> it's Which so, one? Um, of course, because I've only heard like two episodes. It's the one that the sister keeps singing. Um, Come and find me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That'll be on there. Oh my gosh. Please send me the instrumental of that so I can sing that song. I love yeah. that song. That'll be available too, funny enough. Yeah. Thank God. Okay, good. <laughs> You're going to tell me where. Um, yeah, no, it's just beautiful. Uh, it, to me, reminds me a little of like Dear Evan Hansen, mm -hmm. reminds me a little of um, The Prom. Oh yeah, And, right, yeah. you know, it just feels very new, very new, very fresh. Um, something that I'm always looking for with musicals because I'm such a musical theater snob mm. um, is I really, really want something that feels new and fresh and original. And man, do you provide that? You are, you are actually one of my favorite composers. I have now found out after oh. listening to so much of your stuff. I'm like, hey, you're so good. Like, I'm not trying to like, you know, I don't know, bra or brag for you, I guess, maybe. But I really see you like writing a musical and it winning Tony's. Like I'm wow. very serious that just you're so original and Thank I've said you. it like 15 times, but I love this show so much and it is on Apple podcasts and everywhere you can find your podcast. Everywhere that you get podcasts. Yeah. And there's only five episodes and they all run about 40 minutes or so. Yep. Yeah. On average around 40. Yeah. Which is perfect. Cause that's the yeah. exact time that you need a podcast to be to sort of like listen and then go, but you're not going to want to stop listening. It also, like when I first started listening, I had to pause it to finish something. And I really felt like I was taken mm. out of the show. I was like, oh, real life is happening again. Oh my gosh. But I felt like there it's, oh my goodness. I want to talk about the people that you wrote it with too. Um, the writing, uh, the narration, especially, and you narrate too. Yes. Yeah. As yeah I Brett play Ryback. a version of myself. Yeah. You do. <laughs> you play your journalistic version of Brett Ryback. <laughs> um, and it's so cool because when you are talking to other characters, you hear the background noise as if you are literally recording them with your little crew. It's so cool, you guys. I'm just, I cannot say anything else. It's so good. Um, but yeah, no, the, the narration is so interesting and so realistic. It really, you do start wondering, like, is this real? Like, yeah. I've actually felt like maybe this is partially true. <laughs> Tell me about the people you wrote this with and how you guys came up with this. Where did this originate from? Right. So I can, I'll tell you, I can tell you the story. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do both in one story, which is that the, the genesis of the idea came, um, I was listening to the podcast S-Town, which is, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, so mm -hmm. one of the ones that, that came out after Serial that was like another kind of, you know, big okay. uh, um, podcast, uh, documentary. Mm -hmm. And when I was listening to it, I, I had two thoughts. The first thought was, this isn't real. This is made up. Somebody has written this because it was like the, the main character was so such a character. I mean, like, yeah. I was like, this is not, this is not real. Um, and then the other thing was because of how, how much he, how verbal this guy was, 
uh, and the literary quality of uh, of the producing the the narration and the and the and the um, you know producer who goes and does all that. Uh, I thought I heard music. I was like, these feel like songs. And so I, I called up um, this uh, other writer and director that I knew um, named Jeff Lupino Esposito. And he was somebody that I had been trying to, uh, we had been trying to find a project to work on for a while. And I said to him, um, is, you know, what do you think of this idea? It's like a podcast musical, you know? And, and he was like, I love that. That's so great. And he has a, um, a, a collaborator that he's worked with in the past named Matt Sav. And so Jeff brought Matt onto the, onto the project and Matt is an audio producer and composer. And so uh, it's amazingly the, recorded by the way, like yeah. stunning, stunning. Yeah. I was actually, I love, I love audio so much. And I was like, mm. wow, this sounds amazing. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. And so the three of us then, uh, cause we kind of, it was weird cause we had a sort of backward process in a way, which is that we didn't have a story. We had a, we had a format. And so we had to go in search of a story and right. we spent just a bunch of months, uh, spitballing and tossing ideas back and forth. And eventually we landed on what became this story. And then, um, we, you know, we, we actually, the three of us together, we put together a, um, a demo of the pilot episode, uh, both to show other people what it was that we were trying to do. Cause it's a little hard to explain, you know, totally. if you don't listen to it, it's a, mm -hmm. a bit of a new thing. And there have been musical podcasts in the past, but I was this, yeah. Ask you because I've never heard of that before. I thought you yeah. had started. I'm going to just say that you started it. That's <laughs> it. Well, we haven't. The first, the I think the first one that's credited is uh, was a spoof of serial called "Wait, Wait, Don't Kill Me." Okay. And um, and then there was another one that uh, I think it's called "Fall of the House of Sunshine." That was sort of a, a, a weird, wacky. Um, uh, uh, also kind of like a send up of musicals. And then right before ours came out, there was um, a 30, 36 questions, which was sort of uh, the first, like it was a rom-com. So it wasn't, but it, it wasn't a spoof. It was like trying to like be a genuine story okay. um, and use music. And then, um, and then the other one that, that I've actually not heard in its entirety, but uh, John Cameron Mitchell had one on luminary, which is a, a paywall service that uh, is called, Anthem homunculus. Oh, interesting. Which is, which is um, as unusual and <laughs> original as it as you might think coming from from him and with that title. Uh, but anyway, so there were some things that we were able to listen to and and hear what other people had done, but nobody has really played with this docu reality, um, you know, blurred lines kind of thing. And that was something that was fun and new that we really wanted to dig into. And that was a big part of, uh, when our, uh, so, uh, just cutting to, we, we, we were, uh, fortunate enough to align with a production company called atypical artists. And they were the ones who then were able to bring in the funding for us to make this. And we had this big idea, you know, Matt always tells the story that we had this big idea of kind of getting the actors together and doing a very like live, um, oh, yeah you know, recording so that everything was like spatially placed out. And it was as if we were in these places. And then of course the pandemic hit, and <laughs> we were all quarantined. And so we had to record this whole thing remotely. But it sounds <laughs> Which was, like you're um, together. Yeah. It really does. I know. 
it's we we were able to make some true magic happen uh audio magic happen and that uh is i i mean i i do pinch myself you know when it came out and the fact that we got to make it the way that we wanted it to be is it's that's rare you know so you don't rare. you don't get to do that a lot and um and and it was really the first experience that i have of 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 really seeing something from the ground through completion as a creator, as a producer as well. And it was um, really exciting. So I'm, I'm happy that it's out. I'm happy that it's been getting the attention that it's been getting and people are really um, responding to it. Me too. How long did it take from thinking about it to actually getting it out? How long did that actually take? Almost four years. So it would have been, wow. I think like March of four years ago was when I first called Jeff and said, hey, what do you think about this idea? Oh my goodness. Well, those were four very productive years and yeah. created something amazing. Do you want to do it again? Yeah, I think I would do something like this again. I definitely like working uh going it's so funny going back to the whole like, you know, multi space, right? So <laughs> I uh I would love to work in podcasts again. I would love to create another podcast. I think it's really fun, either musical or not. Um, but I, but it's like, that's another thing where people are like, so what do you, what do you write? It's like, I write plays, I write musicals. I write, you know, I have a pilot, I have a screenplay, I have a podcast. Like, right. and so it's a little hard to just like, so now I'm like, no, I'm just a writer. Like I just, I write things. I write all sorts of things. <laughs> all sorts of things. It doesn't matter like what it is, but yes, I would love to write another um and create another podcast again. And I have some ideas. So we'll see. Uh, I have It's a lot do. of work. It's everything's a lot of work. <laughs> Everything is right. Oh my God. It took me six you know? years to get that thing done. Yeah. Oh exactly. my gosh. Yeah. Exactly. No, it takes time. Um, I really hope you do. I am so excited for you. Um, you have something else coming out soon. Do you want to talk about that? Um, what, wait, what do I have coming out soon? Uh, Oh, oh, good speed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was, I was like, what have I, what literally what went through my head is I was like, what was, what have I publicly talked about? <laughs> Cause I have some other things that, are, that I'm working on, but um, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, something that's really exciting. So uh, a show that I wrote in 2019, well, it was it that was produced in 2019 um, at good speed in Connecticut is going to soon be available because Goodspeed is launching a service called Goodspeed On Demand. And so they're cool. starting with, um, with our show, which is called Passing Through. And uh, funny enough, like the, the whole podcast connection coming back around, Passing Through is based on a real story. And we heard the real story as a podcast first. So it was, a document, oh, it was like a documentary podcast that my collaborator, Eric Uyoa, and I um, first encountered and then adapted to a stage musical. And Goodspeed um, was instrumental in helping us develop it. And then they ultimately produced the, the premiere of it. And, um, and yeah, and that's another, you know, unfortunate, like not casualty, but like, you know, it's like 2019, it's like, great, you had this premiere and like, you want to take it out and have another. And then of course, everything shuts down. So right. we're very, very happy that it will be able to be seen again. Um, to anybody who, you know, not just people who are, who live close enough to Goodspeed to see it. So 
Um, I know I have a lot of family and friends who live in other places in the United States that were like, oh, I can't, you know, let me know when it's nearby. Right. Well, now <laughs> it's like $25 a household. You can, um, you can stream this show starting March 15th. Um, and I think it's, you know, goodspeed.org is probably the website to go to, to see that, but, uh, and will they I'm be showing, happy. I'm so happy for you too. Um, will they be showing other shows that they're eventually? Yeah. Eventually. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what their rollout plan is. Uh, but I know that it's going to involve uh, a lot of the stuff that's like that they have in their archives. And, um, and I think even some, uh, cause I knew, cause they, one, one of the things that Goodspeed's renowned for is a, uh, is a is their library. They have like a ton of footage and, yeah. and artifacts and things. And so I think that they're also going to be sharing a lot of that stuff that is, is very hard to find and rare. So I think it's a really oh. cool thing for them. And I'm just so excited. It's a company that I, uh, you know, I feel very strongly about. They've invested in me in a, in a very important way. So. What do you see the future of musical theater, uh, with the pandemic coming out of the pandemic, um, what do you see for the future? It's a good question. I think on a, on a sort of, um, financial model standpoint, uh, I think, I think we're going to, what I hope is, uh, that I think we're going to see a lot of growth in the regions before Broadway Mm-hmm. I think Broadway is going to take a minute to really ramp back up. And I think that a lot of the new and exciting things are going to continue, but, but even more so come out of the regions. Um, and I think that that's really exciting because it's an opportunity to further democratize um, Broadway as it were, or, I mean, Broadway is just like a big term by which I mean musical theater and who is considered like the voice of musical theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, and, and, and wrapped up in that, I think, you know, you're probably going to see smaller shows, shows that are about topics that aren't necessarily uh, what, what Broadway looks to for, mm-hmm. for topics and for musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, a, a Broadway musical really has to kind of fit into a very increasingly limited box. Yeah. And I think that is not good for the form and not good for the people who want to tell those stories. So, right. uh, so my hope is that because of that re-emphasis on the regions and smaller theaters getting to create stuff that rises to, to the top, I think we're going to see a lot more artists of color getting to tell their stories. I think we're going to see a lot more inventive storytelling. Um, and, and pr- and do I think that, I think that ultimately, I think we're going to be back in theaters. I think that that is, that's not going to go away. Um, even as I, you know, explore other avenues for telling musical stories, this year has taught me just how key that live experience is and what, and maybe even what we took for granted about it. Right. You know? I think you're right. I mean, I hear it from a lot of people, especially my parents, you know, they're like, I just miss going to see a show. Yeah. I just miss the camaraderie of other people and feeling the energy together watching a show. And there is really nothing like it. Um, It's, it's a magical experience, uh, whether you're a musical theater or just a theater person in general Mm -hmm. or not, you feel that energy. Um, yeah, there, I mean, zoom is cool. Zoom is fun, but you know, and, and it's, 
I've, a friend of mine actually did a show in New York uh, in the very beginning of the pandemic where it was a Zoom show. And it was mm. fascinating, you know, it was an interesting kind of way of doing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that'll never take the place of an actual, you know, actor yeah. right in front of you and you're crying while you're watching them and they're watching you cry. I mean, it's such yeah. an intimate performance and an intimate experience. And music, you know, in particular is because I, I, I always remember when I went and saw once um, at, for the first time. And, you know, it's like what the, 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 the pull of a bow across the string of a cello creates a vibration that then hit, hits you, not just in your ears, it hits you in your chest, it hits you in your stomach. And like, and that is something that, like it's energy, but it's actual, it's an actual physical experience. Yes. And that's something that you really don't get, you know, through a screen um, because it's, because just even the sound just becomes, you know, focused into one thing. Right. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I, I'm excited for, for when, when those start to happen. And, and just even looking at some of the things that I have coming up, like it is going to start to happen. Like we will be, be back and, um, and back in person, I think, you know, by the end of this year, if not well before then. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. If there is something that you could teach someone or something that you have learned in your journey, um, being a composer, et cetera, (laughs) a writer quote, um, what is it that you would like to tell someone who might be on the same journey or who is interested in becoming a composer, a writer, and all of that? I think I would say there's a lot of um, forces that will try to limit you. And it's very important that you do your best to ignore those and continue doing what it is that you feel you need to be doing. And that, that will, that, you know, may cause you some discomfort, but that is ultimately the only path forward. Um, you know, it's, uh, I go back to just, you know, the, the discomfort that I've had in trying to be multiple things and, and, and that, and people not understanding that about me. And, and, and also the frustration of feeling like, well, if I was just a composer, okay, well then I can go and move to New York and and that'll be the end of it. Or if I was just a, this, it would be a lot easier. And ultimately that isn't my path, but my path is so much more satisfying because it is mine and it is, and it belongs to me and it is organic to who I am. And it makes me, you know, unique and it makes me different and it makes me special and it makes me, it gives me the power to do things that nobody else can do. And, and I think that that's really difficult to see when you're young and when you're starting out, but you have to trust that you have to trust um, that voice. And, and I'll just sort of expound upon that to say that, like, what is that voice? You know, how do you, how do you tune that? And some, some advice that I love is, uh, you know, is um, from Alan Bennett, who in talking about uh, art and like, how do you know what, you know, what art you're, you respond to. And he'll say, you know, pay attention to um, what catches you from the corner of your eye because the corner of your eye is a shortcut to the back of the mind. And I always think that's really interesting. It's like, what are those things that you like can't put away that nobody else is talking about, but that you keep seeing and you think, well, I shouldn't be talking about that because nobody else is. 
but it's like, but that thing is the thing that is unique to you and you have to follow through on that. Ooh, that's fascinating. I've never heard that before. I really like that. I want to start doing that. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been so wonderful. I feel like I could just talk to you forever. Same. I might just after this podcast and be like, no, you're never getting off Zoom. <laughs> Thank you so much. Tell people how they can find you. Uh, the best place is at my website, brettryback.com. Um, but I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and my uh, handle is at BT Ryback. B try Ryback. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Thank you so much, Brett. Thanks, Jackie. It's great to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at That Girl the Podcast.